2: Another week, another tough Redskins, heartbreaking loss. Uh, we're here once again to talk about it. It's Hogs Night, a portcast. We have settled on that name. Thank you all for tuning in. Part of Hogs Haven Radio, also tentatively titled To Be Determined. Brian Sabby here, lead editor and podcast host for Hogs Haven. Who else do we have in the room? We got Ned Botneil.
3: Miguel, how's it going? Looking forward to another episode.
2: We have guest Brother Mark.
4: Hi, my name is Mark. I've been a Redskins fan for 31 years. How does
2: that make you feel?
4: <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> but I'm working on it. We
2: got Beez Roomba, Brian.
5: Uh, yeah, guys, I'm excited to talk Skins with you guys this week. Uh, looking forward to the the podcast here.
2: And the good doctor, Chris Jones.
5: Thanks for having me. Let's get to it.
2: Yeah, let's get right into it. I think we were cautiously optimistic last week. Three of the four of us predicted Redskins wins. Spoiler alert. Yeah, what happened? That didn't happen. Damn it. Washington fell to the Tennessee Titans. Didn't knock them out of the playoffs, but other things that transpired during last week did knock them out of the playoffs. So the year functionally over for the Redskins. Their playoff hopes have been extinguished. You know, it's a season that started off hot, kind of fell off there towards the end. We're not quite at the point where we're ready to look back, do a retrospective. Let's talk a little bit about this Titans game. Did you guys uh, were you able to tune in? Yeah. Thoughts? What What did we see? What did we like? What didn't we like? I mean, they lost, so lots not to like. But I
5: mean, you gotta like that they were they were in it the whole time. I think. That's something to, to be semi-excited about, given the state of our team uh, with the injuries. But what you can't like is the fact that Mariota goes down uh, what less than halfway through the game, and we still can't pull out a win. Uh, we're playing against Blaine Gabbert, and we're looking like we can do it, but then again, we just can't get the ball in the end zone. And I think had, had we not thrown an interception... Twice in the last two minutes of the game, we we probably could have won. But that that first one when we were at midfield, I don't I don't see why we're looking downfield that far when we only needed uh, maybe 15 yards to tie the game and go to overtime. I think we could have settled the game there. But um, they they made it competitive. But it would, it was another just bad loss on the season.
3: Yeah, I mean things to like where the defense did a good job. I think holding Henry to not. Exploding again, having another great week. He did get two touchdowns, but like one yard runs or whatever. Um, we they they looked alright, but yeah, that last drive where we only needed 15 yards did did kill us. And it's a yeah, John, Johnson's only third game with the team, but um, it, it was it was a fun game, but that that just yeah that that killed it for us, obviously.
1: Yeah, I think we knew what we were in for. Uh, when tuning into that game, I did think that we held him in check, but it, I was surprised we weren't able to force any turnovers or any any real big game-changing plays. I thought maybe we could pressure uh, Blaine Gabbert a little bit more, try to make him uncomfortable, but he seemed to be out there like it was practice. It, it, he wasn't ever very uncomfortable and uh executed well for them certainly
2: a frustrating result and i think if you say going into the week all right we're gonna face a second string quarterback for the majority of this game you like your odds
3: and with it, a fourth string quarterback
2: well you know we we sort of have covered you know josh johnson he is what it is what he is um he gave us one good game. Yeah, I mean, gave you reason to hope, but at the same time, you kind of hoped he would be able to manage the game. You know, he had the pick six at the end of the game. At that point, the game it was out. It was yeah, out
4: that was,
3: was it was over. Take a chance.
2: Um, it's not as though he lit the world on fire. You're kind of hoping everyone else would step up so that he didn't have to be the guy. In the NFL, the quarterback usually is the one who you have to rely on. But like you said, four string guy. You'd like to see receivers get a little bit more open, run crisper routes. The offensive line also dinged up. Adrian Peterson got over 1,000 yards, which is kind of incredible. That's awesome. He, yeah. I don't think anyone could have reasonably predicted that Adrian Definitely Peterson not. would end up a 1,000-yard rusher for the Redskins this year.
1: Especially after his last couple yeah, seasons what did, what with, like, Arizona. Do, what did he do over there? Did he come well, close? he wasn't utilized. So he was first at um, New Orleans. Yeah. And I think he was sharing the workload, but wasn't getting enough carries. Yep. Came over uh, to the Cardinals, and he had maybe one good game there yeah, and, and like struggled. I mean, the
2: Redskins pretty much picked him up off the trash heap.
1: Because of yeah, his workout, right? I, yeah. He blew someone
4: away with his workout. Yep.
1: I don't think he gets probably another chance without us bringing him back. He, I don't see many other teams in the situation we were in. Uh, at, at that I, I disagree. At I that mean, I, I think we're going to keep him, I think. Well, so that
2: report came out today. He said he would like to come back. It's going to be really interesting next year. If, you know, you have a healthy Darius Geis, you have a healthy Chris Thompson, Ooh. is there room in the backfield for Adrian Peterson to come back? I think the Redskins historically have kind of jettisoned. The last 1,000-yard rusher that they had was Alfred Morris, yeah. and he was gone as soon as it happened. I You know what? It's kinda of hard to say at this point, but I, I think right now we can all tip our caps to what Adrian Peterson. Yeah,
4: said. this year it's he's done a phenomenal job and he's been a bright spot. I will say right now, I am of team don't bring him back. I don't don't ever pay someone for what they did, pay someone for what they're going to do. And I think it was a little bit of a fluke for him this year. I think it was really great and it was a great story, especially if you have two younger guys who are gonna be relied on. I don't necessarily know that spending money on Adrian Peterson at 34 is you're going to get the same performance from him. May. You know, and if he ends up somewhere, I'm sure he will. If he doesn't get with the Redskins, but I think there's money better spent elsewhere. That being said, awesome job Adrian this year.
2: Well, and they have a lot of gaps to fill, and now, as of this week, one more gap to fill. Um, the Redskins cut DJ Swearinger for functionally. Being too critical of the coaches, I think I've heard a lot of people arguing on both sides saying, well, on one hand, you need a guy who kind of falls in line with your team. You don't want him, if if you have quarrels, you want to have them in the locker room, have them with your teammates, have them with your coaches, but don't necessarily go to the media. On the other side, I'm tipping my hand here a little bit. DJ Swearinger was saying what I think a lot of other people were saying, not on the team. And I don't disagree necessarily with much of what he had to say. The Redskins made a business decision. They decided that they were better off without his presence there. He was one of their best defensive players. And so it's kind of a tough pill to swallow.
1: Yeah, I'll start off by saying I couldn't disagree with this move more. I mean, he was probably one of their defensive leaders. He was boisterous with his opinions, but... To me, why not fix the things that he's bringing into attention? The Redskins would rather just cut him and get rid of the problem than addressing the issue from the ground up.
3: But they can't – they have to, like, make a stand. They can't just, like, agree with him and let him say that. I agree with what he said, but they need to, like, make a point or otherwise.
5: I, I, I agree. I th- Well, I think the way it was handled was bad on both parts, I think when he was first bad-mouthing the way they were showing up in practice, they should have addressed it with him directly. And the fact that they didn't, he felt like it was okay to keep going out to the media with this. And then they decided it was too much. This is too much, so we're going to cut you. And I think he has a chance at the Pro Bowl this year. So this is a Pro Bowl, maybe eligible player that we've cut and is now on the Arizona Cardinals and somebody that... Yeah, he's been he's been picked up, and I, I saw that if he is drafted or if he is going to play in that game, he's going to be wearing an Arizona Cardinals insignia patch, patch yeah, on yeah. his on his helmet, even though he hasn't officially played a game for them. But that would be what what it would um, rule at this point.
4: The question is, do you think that anyone in the front office actually thought what he said was right or wrong, or do you think it was he went against the party line and he's done? Because if you are saying that yeah, maybe what he said, let's say I work in the front office of the residence I'm the GM, and what he said was hundred percent correct, but hey it breaks team policy. And I'm, I'm okay with that if that's your if that if you're going to be a team that has this sort of code, this sort of code that says like you break, you fought a line, we're a team that does things in certain ways, Patriots or these teams that do things that you know what they stand for, I got no problem. I don't know what the Redskins stand for. I don't get the feeling that they necessarily disagree with him. I don't think they thought for one second what he said was incorrect or correct. I think they just thought, oh, he's making noise. He's saying things that we don't like. We're going to get rid of him. And if they end up doing things in the off season that end up validating his reasons, there won't be any sort of uh, admission of that.
2: What seems like the straw that broke the camel's back with him was you know, he, the things he's been outspoken about are. he he had the quote about how they don't practice necessarily hard enough and he was kind of calling out his teammates that I think is one thing but what really ended up doing it was he called out his coaches about their play calling decision in terms of like going to man to man saying you're making it too easy on a backup quarterback and at that point. I guess there was a line that he crossed by being vocal about the decision making of the coaches. It's you know, it's not anything that w- you couldn't see watching the game, but I guess that was sort of the the last straw for them. Um it seems like kind of an arbitrary last straw, but especially
4: it. in week 16 where let's say you are really fed up with him, but down the road he makes your team better swallow the pill for one week and then get rid of the
1: coach. You well, to...
2: I think that this is a signal that says that they're not going to make changes
4: this yeah.
1: season. Yeah. Or try to get something for him. They just gave him up. Yeah, I and think I, I, I think he
5: was just the I, scapegoat. Uh somebody that just kind of took the the whole bullet for everybody. He I mean obviously he probably wanted to stay here. He had a lot of buddies on this team and I thought he was a good enough player. Um but it it was just the front office being like, "No, we got to we got to shut this down." Like make a change here right now
1: I think it's mismanagement of assets once again I mean we've seen this with Kirk Cousins obviously gain rhythm not getting anything for a starting quarterback you you want to retrain retain uh draft picks or something and you just cut a guy who's pro bowl worthy he's a great defender and you get nothing for him so even if he doesn't fit what you want moving forward i think they could manage it a whole lot better yeah why not
3: just suspend him like you know he's worth something if he's gonna make has the potential to make a pro bowl like yeah if it's not right for him to say that against the team maybe suspend him for a game also why is that such a big deal like if it's something that everyone's like feeling i, I understand you can't speak out against like the the coaches like that but i don't know If it's something that everyone's thinking like yeah, maybe suspend him for a game, but like get ri- getting rid of him. I agree. It's just like it. You're you're giving away something that it could be something that's beneficial to you. You could get something for him, and you're just yeah. giving it away because you're making a stance. But who else cares about that stance? Arizona just got a great defensive guy now.
4: It was an emotional decision, and it was if you're running it multi-million, is it billion? Are the Redskins over a billion dollars now? You're running this gigantic. Company, They're like and top five.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're one of the most valuable franchises in all of sports. Yeah,
4: and you're making an emotional decision because a guy, yeah, he crossed the line. I, I do agree. I think even though I disagree with their decision to cut him, I do agree that he did. You never want to air your grievances out loud. Uh You want to keep things in-house like that. You also want to have a culture that promotes people to be comfortable airing their grievances in-house. So who knows if that is something that exists that maybe he's like, you know, this is how I get my message across.
2: Well, so I think related to something else you said, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it's kind of unclear what the Redskins stand for because there are a couple of things that you can look at this instance, the DJ Swearinger situation, in direct uh, contrast to. Namely, Mason Foster a couple weeks ago was sort of caught uh, throwing DMs out to a fan, talking crap about the fan base, you know, being frustrated about them. Understandably so. We've talked about this before. This is a team that has, and it was DJ Swearinger and Josh Norman who said it, they like playing on the road more than they like playing at home because there are more vocal Redskins fans on the road. But then also the other big news of the week happened yesterday – the Redskins decided to make a bit of a change going into the season. They tried to be a little bit more honest in the way that they marketed the team. They brought in um, new front office folks led by uh, Brian Lafemina. He's the new COO and the president of business operations and all, a whole team that he was responsible for, chief marketing officer. Um, they went to a new sales strategy. They finally admitted that there was no waiting list. They What? I know. Shocking, right? They decided to finally reckon with the fact that their um, stadium experience is poor, a thing that we've chatted about before, a thing that countless number of folks have written. And after eight months, I guess, of what was an internal power struggle, so not something that was aired out in the media, but something that was happening in-house, those guys got fired also this week, which is just, like, baffling to me. Um I mean, clearly there are things that were going on behind closed doors that we didn't see, but to just immediately cut bait and say this is not the direction we want to go in. I mean, are we going to hear that they're just kidding, like actually we did sell out every game this year? Because that certainly didn't happen.
4: I wouldn't be surprised if we got that. Oh, the shutout streak or the uh, sellout streak is still intact, and the ratings have never been better. But I don't know. I And the thing is... So I'm, I'm a Redskins fan, and and I've been sort of, not sort of, I've been fed up with them for a decade or so. And every every couple of years, they make the playoffs, and it's so exciting, and I love them again. And you find things to like about the team, and reason that even if they make the playoffs as a sixth seed, you're like, no, they they can totally find a way to the Super Bowl, and that's just part of being a fan is constantly justifying why you're spending so much time watching a team play. But and but you, I've been so fed up especially with their front office and all these lies about the sellout streak and Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. And I actually sort of started liking them again this year, and it's probably a lot because of the marketing team being honest and accepting, hey, you know, we've, we haven't we have been our best the last couple of years. We're going to own it. You know, they they tweeted a few hours after the first home game. You know, they sold – you know, they didn't sell 25,000 tickets or whatever, and they owned it. And I'm like, you know what? It makes you a little more human. It makes you likable. And I kind of liked the direction they were going in. And that was a positive that I took out of the season, even before. I didn't think they were going to win this week. I thought they were going to miss the playoffs. And even when they were 5-2 and two or 5-3, and three, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this team is really a playoff team. Um, but I liked that They were becoming more likable. They were enjoyable. And a lot of it was they weren't as... <laughs> like an evil empire there was it was there was some truth back into what they were saying and
1: they weren't two-faced yes yeah,
2: yeah it felt like a, a turn towards honesty and if anything this is a week that you feel as though they've turned away from.
4: yeah they've kind of just pulled the rug out of hey i thought they maybe took like a half step in the right direction after so many years of backtracking that i wanted to grasp onto it and now it's like nope that was just a now it's gone.
3: And again, that's what you say they always do. Right when they're starting to get going in the right direction, they always seem to find a way to fall back down and go in the wrong way. Does so, that,
5: it's just so frustrating. That's that 50-50 seems for you, that even Steven. As soon as they can get a little momentum, they find a way to just destroy it and uh, fall back flat.
2: Well, it's funny. I You know, every year for Hulk's Haven, I end up writing a sort of end-of-year recap, just kind of a thought. It's not necessarily like a season-in review, but sort of just like, how do we feel leaving this year? And this might be the first year. You know, it was clearly a disappointing end to the season. I picked them to go 5-11. and 11. They didn't. But the fact is, as bad as they've been on the field, the on-field product has been, the organization is just, I think, rotten to its core. And they might be a better on-field team than off-field team, which is just absolutely shocking because the on-field product is nothing to write home about. So we got one more week of Redskins football left. You kind of hope that you get something worth watching. I know that we don't have to get into a a tanking debate. It's not as though them losing one more game is going to have an impact on their draft standing in any way that is measurable. They have the Philadelphia Eagles, who honestly, I think... If they could beat the Eagles, beat the defending Super Bowl champions, and keep them out of the playoffs,
3: yeah, is that...
2: that would give you something to hang around. Yeah, yeah
3: that, it, that's the goal for this weekend.
4: I think. So here, I think there's a 50-50 divide, at least among the fans I've talked to. You beat the Eagles, you keep the Eagles out of the playoffs. You lose to the Eagles, Kirk Cousins might not get in the playoffs. Ooh. To me, I, I still want Kirk Cousins yeah, to do well. Yeah. I don't have any ill wor- ill will felt towards him but i've talked to a lot of people who are like no i want us to lose to the eagles so that Kirk cousins doesn't play in the playoffs i'm i'm 100% yeah, beat the eagles division, want, division 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 yeah, i yeah. want
3: eagles out of the playoffs i i still like cousins even though yes for way too much money but i think the eagles yeah i'm uh, anyone in our division also needs to lose no one should win except for us. Even Kirk, though that will never happen. Kirk Cousins
2: is an ex girlfriend that you just have to delete <laughs> off Facebook. Like, don't you got to clear your social media? Like, you don't want like delete all your photos, unfollow them, like stop paying attention to Kirk Cousins no. because it's not going
4: to do you any good. He's my like every other ex girlfriend where I want her to win the Super Bowl. You That's want the best for her. I want <laughs> all of my ex girlfriends to win the Super Bowl so that I can say I used to date a Super Bowl winner.
1: I tap that. Yeah, exactly. So
4: <laughs> I want Kirk Cousins now. And I don't know. I like the Vikings. I have a soft spot for him, And I don't have any problem. I didn't feel like he spurned us. I don't get that sense. I don't know. People will disagree. But I dislike the Eagles. I like Kirk Cousins. And so I'm rooting for the Redskins for multiple reasons this week. But one of them is, hey, maybe it paves the way for Minnesota.
1: I have a little bit of a different take Please. on that. Um So, I think if we do beat the Eagles, I think it calms the waters a little bit. Um, And for me, wanting the best for the Redskins in the long run, I kind of don't want that to happen because I want, at the end of the day, I want major change.
2: So, you're rooting for chaos. I'm I'm
1: rooting for enough chaos to get – Bruce Allen out of a job or I want Gruden gone. I How want much some chaos shake up.
4: that has to be so much compared to what's happened so far that hasn't prompted his
1: Well,
2: we
4: we know, I know. Yeah. It's going to take a lot.
2: Them losing this week does not get Jay Gruden fired and it probably doesn't get Bruce Allen fired.
1: No, but like the status quo is not going to make the Redskins any better. They're going to stay at a 500 team as long as Bruce Allen has a job as long as things stay the way they are. So if we want the best for our team in the long run, I want change. Yeah,
3: I think we need that because we've seen after all these years that we have these seasons, and we're not doing great, but we're not making any changes, and we're still staying just the same. Nothing nothing is changing, and I, I think we need a rewrite on this on this team.
5: No changes. We sent Alex Smith, the 33-year-old I
3: mean, yeah, quarterback. We made, we made, yeah, but then we ran into injuries. I, I think he could have been good. He, he started off great, but then he slowed down a little bit. But we I, – I, yeah, Gruden has made some plays, play calls that I think – I don't know. I, I want to see a different, different different, story. So
2: this is this is our last show of 2018, and we got the, the Redskins playing next week, and then by the next time we all sit down – It'll be 2019, calendar year. I mean, the Redskins season will be over. We'll we'll do our year in review. But as the calendar starts to turn, we're we're identifying some things that we're kind of hoping for in the new year. If you could pick one or two New Year's resolutions for the Redskins, what would that look like for you? What, What should they be striving for to be better in 2019, specifically, than they were in 2018?
1: Is this on the field or off the field? Or Whatever it
2: means
4: to you. All right, I think, you know how college football coaches have that holdback coach? The guy that keeps the coach from going too far? Brett has one. Yeah, Clemson. The so, yeah. It's the guy
2: who grabs he's him the, by like, the, the belt yeah. loop. So, the I think trainer. we yeah. should
4: hire one of those guys for Dan Snyder. Every time he's about to make a really stupid decision, that guy pulls him. He's like, hold on. Let's not fire these people. Or let's not write this stupid article in the post just have someone who's constantly looking over Dan Snyder making sure he doesn't do obnoxious things
1: it sucks because well like you can have that but like his influence is always like omnipresent it's like a cloud that just hangs over the Redskins and i mean you can try to minimize his involvement but he he's he signs still the there. paychecks yeah
2: that's kind of what it comes down to. It's his toy. He owns the thing. So I think I think similarly, my New Year's resolution for the Redskins is to hire a football person to make football decisions on the personnel side. Right now, there's kind of this weird amalgamation of Doug Williams is kind of uh, like a pseudo-GM. Bruce Allen clearly has some influence, although he's he's sort of more of a business-type person. Dan Snyder, I think he's pulling the strings. You know, they had Scott McLuhan, was unceremoniously fired and kind of dragged through the mud. He was a football guy, and he was the one who really was making informed decisions from a personnel standpoint. And I hope that they can find it within themselves to bring in someone in a similar role, give them autonomy and allow them to make some choices that will be guided by some reason and some logic and not necessarily impulses.
1: God bless the soul that that comes into this organization and does that. A lot of work. I think similarly to
5: that, so Jay Gruden is the head coach, but he's also the offensive coordinator. Is he that? He calls the plays. He's calling plays, Okay, so I think, uh, what has he been here, five years now? I think he's like seven. I think I think enough's like enough. Five or six. Um, I wouldn't mind There's another.
3: Seven in first season
5: get starts. Yeah, so I I get we've had first tons of injuries, especially in the quarterback position since he's been here. But I think enough's enough, and I wouldn't mind seeing somebody else taking on a little bit of that load and seeing a little more play calling and creativity in that position, the quarterback and offensive position, just just i mean what have we now struggled with i think i saw on espn it said the last 12 games we haven't put up 24 points so that's that's something that that patriots or just regular good offensive teams do no problem and it's something that the skins can hardly they put up maybe 20 points on a good day but barely struggle around that number and it's just something that it's it's hard to watch as as a fan cuz you have to expect your defense is going to be good if we're going to win and we do have a good defense but not something we can count on every week and it it would help if we had an offense that could just you could count on at least once a month yeah, and for we sure. can't do that right you now you
2: know if i think we all at this point it seems like jay gruden's not going anywhere but it would be an easier pill to swallow if he wasn't calling
5: plays yeah i just i just would like another opinion and just say hey let's uh let, let's collaborate on this and say hey maybe this might. not we don't need this uh, screen pass here cuz we know we're one for 50 in the last 2 years
1: can fade let's run the that, fade that's again. what i mean yeah. oh my god <laughs> You can't put, like,
3: live for the fade.
5: All
1: of the offensive woes on the play calling, though. I mean, clearly the Redskins don't have the personnel to move the football all that effectively.
4: Weren't they the first team to ever lose two 1,000 yard receivers? They lost. Uh, yeah, they had uh, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon yeah. were both 1,000 yard so receivers. So you lose two gigantic weapons.
2: Well, then they didn't go out and replace them with anybody. I know.
1: It's and a, good, so it's a solid game plan. I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's been kind of like a recipe. I mean, they don't value the the players that have shown them the respect. They'd rather see them out the door than pay them the money they're worth.
2: It's frustrating. All right, any other uh, New Year's resolutions? I got, I got some. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: just how about stay healthy? I know it's hard to ask for, but this season has been incredibly unlucky for the Skins. I think they definitely had the worst luck losing – three quarterbacks and just a number of other players on the team and just hope that next year can be something less losing that many people. It was just, it it was just very unlucky. And then my other one is going to be something that I've heard Mark talk about for years. It's just maybe we hire someone to just watch the clock. Like we have had so many things, just plays run out and just, we, we get a penalty or we, the time runs out because the coach or the the quarterback just doesn't know what's going on. Like how how is there not someone who's understanding what's going on in the game? Where it's something that's crucial as a field goal, just get three points. We're right there, and no one knows what's going on, and we just the clock runs out when quarter the ex- time expires. Like we need to just do something about that.
4: I think the Redskins special is being like a third and four around midfield. And you run a play, and you get three yards. Yep. And then everyone looks to the sideline, and there's like a five-second hesitation. And then it's, hey, let's go for it. And everyone's all excited. And then we line up, but no one knows where the play is. So we look to the sideline. We're getting the play in. And there's three seconds, two seconds, and you call timeout. Time out. So yeah. what is the point? Because now the whole element of surprise is gone. You call timeout, and then you come back out with the punt unit. And you're like, okay, well this Job is – Job well done. And it happens like – Every three or four games, and as soon as I always turn to my wife and I'm like, we're going to punt, I know it looks like we're going for it, but we're going to get we're gonna get cold feet, we're going to call timeout, we're going to punt, and then we're going to lose this game by three points. The thing
2: is, though, you got to put your best player on the team on the field, and the Redskins' best player is Tress. He player. absolutely
3: so, is. Hell yeah. He you absolutely not, is. <laughs> hey, he should be the receiver. Real recognize real.
5: Offensive tackle and uh, safety, because – he could probably hit somebody. <laughs> he's yeah.
2: I mean, he he actually, you know, it's we we sort of say it in jest a little bit, like tongue in cheek. But the fact is, I mean, he's he is so good
4: at what he does. Yeah, he is, and he You want to have a great punter? Is he not you a don't pro want... bowler?
2: There are the punting in the league right now is very good. Um,
5: he could very well end up at the Pro Bowl. He
4: probably gets the most reps.
5: I think if. Yeah. If any skin goes, he I should will, be the one to go. Maybe Ryan Kerrigan as well. No, I thought
4: what? we were sending Swearinger. Dr- oh, okay.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Too soon, too
2: soon. I will admit I have not really uh, eaten a lot of punter tape. Um, I
4: haven't really done a lot of
2: studying, but I do know that every time Trustway takes a field, I feel as though they're going to be able to swing field position.
5: He's a, he's a really good player. Yeah, I mean, and that's a
4: great – it is important to have. You just don't want him to be the best player on your team. Yeah, right.
5: And unfortunately, it seems like that's been – what the skin's best player has been the last two, three years, maybe, in my opinion. Sure. I mean, the
2: thing is, though, you know, you look at this team, and there are pieces looking ahead. And we're not at the point of the year where we're starting to, like, think about 2019. But the fact is, it's not all doom and gloom. They're not going to be 500 this year, but they're going to be kind of right near it. You don't think they're going to be 500? I don't think so. So let's do it. Let's go into predictions. What do we think is going to happen this week, as they take on the Eagles in the final game of the season,
5: I think uh, there'll be a lot of emotion this week. The Skins will play the spoiler this week and uh, pull off an upset here and uh, end the Eagles' season.
2: Okay, Chris, what do you got?
1: I got I got the Eagles winning this. I think when a team has a full week to prepare for Josh Johnson. He hasn't been effective. I think the one week where he came in and was was for a team that hadn't seen any tape on him. So I think that we'll continue to struggle on offense, and I don't think our defense will hold up very well to the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Jonesy. I think we're gonna we're gonna try hard and. I know it means a lot for us. I want to. I want us to knock out the uh, the Eagles' hopes for making the playoffs, but I Nick Foles has been looking pretty good stepping in for Carson Wentz, and um, I think that we're we're just missing a, a couple players that are going to be making the big plays. And I think I think the Eagles are pretty hot right now, so I am feeling like a twenty seven seventeen win for the Eagles.
4: This has this season has eight and eight written all over it so that we can get that sort of, well, you know, we're a 500 team. We're not that far off. We don't have to make any major changes. That's what it is. It's not anything that has to do with the roster for the Eagles or the Redskins. It's that the power of the Redskins' front office is just going to somehow manipulate itself and manifest that it's going to be an 8-8 eight and eight season and that major changes don't have to be made.
3: I hope that doesn't happen because I want major change. <laughs>
2: So the difference between 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight is not major changes that are coming. When I look at this game, the Eagles have a lot to play for. They play for a chance to get back to the playoffs after winning a Super Bowl. It would be, I think, very embarrassing for them to not make it back to the playoffs. The Redskins, pretty much all they have to play for is trying to prevent that from happening. And their jobs. And their jobs. You know, there isn't a single team. I truly believe this. There's no. You cannot tank in football. You can't. If you go out there and don't play to win, you're going to get hurt and you're never going to play again. Period. Those two things, not necessarily the same. You're not going to get hurt and never play again. But, like, if a guy, if a talent evaluator sees that you don't go out there and try every play, they're not going to want you on a team. But with this Redskins team, I really feel like this past week is the equivalent of them waving a white flag. I just feel as though them deciding to totally and you know, the front office stuff aside, them saying, you know what? Swearinger's out of here. Our playoff hopes are shot. We don't need this guy. If they had won last week, I think they would have put up with whatever he had to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Sure. There's yeah. so much money sitting on the table for playoffs. There's so, money to be made.
2: So I just think I don't know. I think the Redskins, we can learn a lot about the character of this team this week. When you have nothing to play for, do you still go out and play? I hope the answer is yes.
4: Some guys have a lot to play for. I mean, especially he talks about guys that are looking for jobs like Johnson. He's playing to stay relevant.
2: I think he'll be on a roster. It might be ours next year. Yeah. And I, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in weeks will, to come. Yeah. But It might um, be somebody else's, too. It could. He has played well enough to be a backup quarterback at the very least in this league. And, and we're all thrilled for him. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's the last week of the season. You know, as, as much as this team, I think, has graded on a lot of us, it's going to be weird to not have Redskins football to watch. I will say... Frankly, once again, it was a great season watching with you guys. Uh, That's definitely a highlight of my Sundays. Also, a highlight of my Sundays getting to see all the fine folks at Hogshaven who tune in and check in and pour their passions out in uh, as many pixels down in the comments section and the fan posts. There will be lots more from us, but I think that's all from us this week. Uh, Any final thoughts, boys?
3: Let's knock out the Eagles this week. Let's... Let's let them feel how we're feeling right now. Come on, Kirk Cousins. It would be nice.
2: <laughs> For Dr. Chris Jones?
1: I'm good. <laughs> I've said my piece.
5: For Bee Droomba? Uh yeah, let's uh let's not have any more news stories outside the field here. Let's uh let's just close the season and uh I don't know. I I, I think we're still going to win this week. I I think it'll be uh a, a
3: rare, rare bright spot in our season, but I think uh, we'll end the season on a bright note. I really hope we do because we've been to so many where the skins needed just one win against a a terrible team and we didn't show up. So I, I want to see us just give that back. I want to just take take yeah, pay it forward. Just give it give it back to some team and just let them know how we have felt for for years.
2: He is the real deal, Neil. <laughs> And for our guest, you got to come back, Brother Mark.
4: Yeah, this was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully next time the skins are doing something that is likable and makes <laughs> us think, hey, this organization knows what they're doing. But right now, oof, it's just, oof, that's it. Two oofs. <laughs>
2: I am Brian Stabby for Hogs Haven. Thank you all for tuning in. This was Hogs Night, a podcast.